0: This is the future and humanity is all but extinct.
1: First they start skipping prescribed drug dosages, then they begin touching.
0: I volunteer as tribute!
1: You can stop this, you can change things.
0: I know that there's something more.
1: Then we've only got one choice. We fight! Fight the
0: Future with Dan and Paul Welcome to
1: Fight the Future with Dan and Paul. I'm Dan. And I'm Paul. And I'm recording from Rovereto, Italy. Hmm, Which is
0: rather warm right now, I understand.
1: Yes, it is incredibly hot. Scorching, you might say.
0: <laughs> Do you find yourself getting any weird black veins all over your face or anything? Remembering things from before you were put in Roveretto?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it does sometimes feel like we're all in this maze and we're all like trying to escape, but mostly we just drink.
0: Yeah, Maze Runner would have been a very different movie if there was also a bar in the Glade. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, our movie today is The Maze Runner. There was no bar. There must have been just a giant pile of crusty gym socks. Somewhere in the glade.
0: Mm. There was a little uh, little river you see at one point, but yeah, there didn't seem to be a lot of facilities.
1: No, I mean, yeah, for other purposes. Um, Oh, (laughs) that too. Yeah, a lot of testosterone, because this is an all-male world of Maze Runner. All of these teenage boys stuck in a glade together.
0: For somewhere around three years almost, I think. Uh Uh-huh,
1: a lot of gym socks. Yeah, so Paul, this is a momentous occasion... Because with this podcast, we're completing our round of the major young adult franchises. We've Ooh. watched the first installment of The Hunger Games, Divergent, and yep. now The Maze Runner, as well as various failed ones.
0: Who decides which are the major young adult franchises and which are the ones that fall by the wayside?
1: Money decides, Paul. <laughs>
0: I guess it's which ones get the second movie, which all three of those are going to get them. So, Which
1: is decided by money. So we've made the complete round. So we've now watched more young adult science fiction movies than anybody should who's our age. Mm.
0: More than a lot of young adults, I would guess.
1: Uh Uh-huh. We'll try and talk to them, but we know too much at this point to relate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They'll keep, like, talking about who their favorite character is. We'll be like, no, no, that guy's not—you see, he's not very good because of the second movie. Yeah, yeah. it It doesn't make sense in the context of his relationships.
1: Yeah, no, Alby makes Katniss look like three or four, Rather, mm. <laughs> They're like, what the hell are you talking about? How are you holding up? You feel strong? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, with the Maze Runner,
0: let's get in here. Let's get some real deep sort of mythology stuff going on. All sorts of crazy, weird uh, secrets and different things happening. So yeah, big twists.
1: I, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to say, like... It seems like a Hunger Games ripoff, but it's not. In fact, the only one of these ones that we've talked about that could possibly be a Hunger Games ripoff is Divergent because this mm. was accepted at the same time as Hunger Games was published in 2008.
0: Although, of course, while, while the, the story may not be a ripoff of the Hunger Games, obviously some of these movies like the Hunger Games that have become so insanely successful were on their minds as they were making
1: it. So, spoiler warning for this episode, we'll be talking about uh, the events of The Maze Runner, that is, the book and the movie, but without extending very far into Scorch Trials. In fact, basically not at all. So, you're safe if you've only read the first book or seen the first movie. But we will reveal everything from that movie.
0: Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's get into this.
1: Yeah. Every episode, we review the world of a young adult dystopia not so much the movie itself. So we talk about the plot, we talk about the plausibility, scariness, how would we do in this world, and hope for the future. So let's get into the plot. The story. This movie
0: starts kind of where we start as the viewer. It starts with just the, the main character, uh, Thomas, waking up, not knowing what the heck's going on in uh, an elevator going up to the surface.
1: As he comes up to the surface, there's light everywhere and a bunch of boys looking down at him, and he seems completely confused and terrified.
0: They pull him out of the uh, this elevator and he immediately runs off, uh, at, and then somebody t- tackles him to the ground, and it becomes revealed that uh, he has no idea who he is, and in fact nobody in this place has any idea who they are other than their name.
1: Yes, and we pull back and we reveal that these boys are standing in a clearing, bordered by these huge walls, hundreds of feet high, stone walls, covered with ivy, but just unimaginably huge walls.
0: They all woke up there at various times throughout the last three years, and they have no instruction of what they're supposed to do, but every once in a while a new person comes up through the elevator along with various supplies.
1: Yes, once a month. So, we, yeah, we, we learn about this boy's society as Thomas is sort of lightly hazed. There's a feast in his honor. We learn that they're very organized. They have their own butchers. They have builders, uh, different things like that. And they also have maze runners.
0: They're in this in, you know, enclosed area with these huge walls, except there's a giant hole in one of the walls. And the first thing Thomas goes is, what's through that hole? And they go, no, no, you can't think about what's through that hole. Anything through that hole is bad. Don't go through there which immediately makes him curious about what's through the hole, because what's through the hole is the maze.
1: Yes, it turns out that the glade is completely surrounded by this maze, gigantic, uh, dusty area with high walls. And the boys have been exploring this maze every day when the doors open to the maze, and then they close at night. So every day, two of the boys take off, run through the maze, and map it out, hence the name, Maze Runner. Looking for an exit, looking for a way.
0: Yeah, and we find out pretty early that this seems like sort of a Sisyphean task because apparently the maze changes every night. And so they're going out and mapping the maze, but it's changing all the time.
1: Hmm. So the maze is tricky. It doesn't have a goblin king in it, but it is sneaky.
0: Yeah, yeah. It would be much better if there was some sort of goblin king, you know, Goblin village, perhaps. Turn back. Bog, Bog of eternal stench. You're going nice. the
1: wrong way.
0: There are grievers, though, uh, which are these giant, scary, sort of biomechanical monsters with spider legs that, uh, specifically if you're left in the maze overnight, they'll come and get you. Yeah,
1: so we first find out about this when a boy stumbles out into the forest where Thomas is doing something and acts completely out of his mind, has these creepy blue veins across his neck and starts attacking Thomas fiercely. They manage to bring him down. And it turns out that he's been stung by one of these monstrosities, these grievers. And the venom has made him crazy. Mm -hmm. So they they perform this ritual. They're very organized, but they also have quite brutal uh, rules where they force him into the maze as it closes for the night. And they just hear screams, from the other With side. the
0: idea that nobody ever survives the maze overnight.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this movie is a lot of like, no one, don't think about there, don't go there. No one has ever done this. <laughs> yeah. They say and it's course, impossible. Our,
0: our hero immediately does all the things that no one has ever <laughs> yeah. done. Yep. But anyway, the people who live in the glade, which is the enclosure, um, Albie r- runs, is the in charge of the whole thing. And he goes off with the maze runners to tr- retrace Ben's path because... Uh, ben was hit by this, um, the griever during the day, which normally wouldn't be a thing. Mm-hmm. And so they're wondering what's going
1: on. Albie gets stung in the process.
0: Yeah. And as they're going along, it becomes starting to go to to, to sundown and the maze is about to close. And they still aren't back because uh, the maze runner has to sort of drag Albie back
1: as well. Minho is the other maze runner and he's dragging right. him back and it looks like he's not going to make it. Out of the maze as these gigantic dozens of feet deep doors are closing so Thomas rushes in
0: and in fact he doesn't make it because I don't know quite why Thomas rushes in but he does rush in I guess in the hopes that having more than there
1: perhaps I can be of some assistance yeah
0: yeah and in fact uh, it is Albie has been sort of knocked out because he was crazy because of this stung thing and so they hide his body And then are trying to sort of sneak around the maze and survive the night. And they're attacked by a griever.
1: Again, a terrifying spider monster. And Thomas outsmarts the griever, and it gets crushed.
0: Walls are constantly opening and closing. And so uh, the the griever gets smushed between two closing walls.
1: Right. So when the next day arrives, the doors open, and there they are. First to survive. And they drag Albie out, Minho and Thomas. Mm -hmm. That very day, the crate comes up from the elevator, and in there is Teresa, the first girl. Yeah. And she's carrying a note that says, this is the last one ever.
0: And she's unconscious when she comes up, except for the first, as she comes up, she sort of is barely conscious and looks up and says, Thomas, and then goes back unconscious again. Mm. Which obviously causes some issues for Thomas because he doesn't have any memory and he doesn't know who she is. Right, But everyone is like, uh, Thomas?
1: So they venture back into the maze to investigate this creature that he's destroyed, the corpse. And tugging on one of the legs, they find that it's part organic and part machine. And there's this bleepy cylinder that is part of its leg that has a number on it, a digital number. And they figure this is going to be useful for something. Uh, Mm -hmm. At that point, Thomas becomes a runner.
0: They go, well, you keep you keep sneaking into the maze, even though you're not supposed to. So I guess we'll just make you a runner. His uh, fellow runner takes him to this sort of secret runner uh, house or secret runner hut where they've actually been storing the maps that they've been making as they've been doing the running. And he pulls off a big cover on this scale model they actually have built of the maze, and it's finished. This is actually kind of a cool revelation, that they have finished mapping the maze. Mm. They know the entire maze, and there is no way out.
1: Mm. In the meantime, Albie is suffering, but they decide to try the serum that was sent up with Teresa. And it works. He's partially healed, but he tells Thomas that he has memories of him.
0: It seems like when you get stung, that actually starts bringing back your memories. However, it also makes you insane. Hmm. Uh, So this serum makes you not insane, but you still get to keep your memories.
1: Minho and Thomas decide to venture into the maze using this cylinder as a sort of a homing device.
0: It starts beeping as they get closer to certain places. Right.
1: So they find some strange parts of the maze where there's these big metal shutters, for example. Enormous scale that everything is on.
0: And they find a place that no other maze runner, despite the fact that they have completely mapped the maze, no maze runner has actually seen before.
1: Because the cylinder opens it up.
0: It acts as kind of a a key. The door opens and then scans them and closes again immediately.
1: That night, all the doors open. So not just the door on one side, but doors on three other sides open in the middle of the night. And grievers come out and start attacking them. So clearly the grievers are not super happy about this whole process. Yeah, they invaded their pad. Yeah. Let's get him, boys. So they're all running and hiding and trying to fight back. Lots of teenagers are killed at that point.
0: Including Albie, who is grabbed by one of the Grievers.
1: Just as he was about to give more information.
0: The real secret is... Huh, oh. But he does manage to knock one of the sort of stinger things that the Grievers have. Uh, he manages to sort of rip that off as he's being dragged away.
1: And so Thomas says, inject me. So Thomas gets his memory back. And he realizes, wait a minute, I'm not just one of the people in this prison. I'm one of the prison guards. I was one of the people who was sending boys in here and monitoring them. Uh, He knows for sure that there's an exit now, Thomas, because he remembers. So he leads them back into the maze. And this kind of a bully guy named Golly, who's been giving him a hard time, confronts him at this point. Says, hey, this is our place here in the Glade.
0: He thinks that the whole reason why they were attacked in the first place is because they were poking around places where they shouldn't be, which is probably true.
1: About half of them, like 15 of them, go into the maze and fight a bunch of grievers that all attack at once, like three or four of them at least, and make it to this exit where they enter in the code that turns out to be the positions of the maze as it changes.
0: Right, which the maze runners have actually been able to map, they they realize that the maze isn't actually changing randomly. It's actually following a pattern. And so they can they use the numbers of that pattern to uh unlock the door. And then they go out into this corridor that's just a very sort of ordinary fluorescent lit corridor. And they all go down and there's a door that just has a big green exit sign on it.
1: Convenient, yeah. I'm almost tempted to just stop there. It's it's so lovely up until this point. But the mystery needs to be revealed. And so they open the door and go into this high-tech laboratory that Thomas has been having flashbacks to this whole time.
0: Except everyone is dead. And so they go into this laboratory, and they were clearly watching the kids in the glade and all the stuff that was going on in the maze. But everyone is dead. They're slumped over their consoles or on tables or whatever. And there's a button blinking that they can they tap on and they get a recorded message that does kind of an info dump.
1: Yeah, it's the big reveal. What is the purpose of the maze? So the earth has been hit by the solar flare. It's caused mass deaths. Uh and even worse than that, it's been hit by a virus, which is also called the flare, that causes people to go mad and attack everyone. T V Trips calls it axe crazy. <laughs> And the purpose for them being in the maze is that it's a trial. They're children who've been found to be immune to the flare, and they need to study their brains. Am I getting this right, Paul? I believe that is the case. Because it's a little bit confusing, and my brain kind of refused to accept it. Um, But anyway, um, they're studying their brains, which we can see scans of their brains all over this area. Yeah. And the group is called Wicked. W-C-K-D. And what's funny is that in the Italian version, uh, it's called Cattivo, which means wicked in Italian. So Ah. it it spells out C-A-T-T-I-V-O, just like wicked is spelled out. Anyway, (laughs) I'd love to see them actually say what that stands for. Right, right. Um, But this woman who appeared and gave them the info dump, played by Patricia Clarkson, shoots herself in the head.
0: She gives this info dump, but in the background of that video where she's giving the info dump... There are soldiers coming in and killing everybody. She says,
1: not everyone agrees with our methods. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. (laughs) People are weird that way. Then Gali appears, crazed with a sting, and ends up shooting lovable Chuck, who's the round kind of mascot of the group.
0: Uh, Who dives in front of uh, Thomas at the last moment.
1: Saving Thomas, but dying, and they manage to kill Gali as well. And then a bunch of mercenaries or soldiers burst in. Should we stop there for hope for the future? Let's stop right there. Plausibility. In this segment, we talk about how this world got this way, how it maintains itself, and other kind of related issues of plausibility. And there's a lot of different ways to tackle it for this one.
0: What I see, I see there being two main aspects of the plausibility. So, I mean, like, the first off is just the kids in the maze there.
1: Glader Society.
0: They've been there for three years or so. And the situation they've created there actually seems reasonably plausible. Obviously, they're getting regular supply dumps from the elevator. And uh, they seem to have sort of made a kind of Lost Boys style
1: <laughs> yeah. community. Yeah, like in Hook.
0: Yeah, except with, without the imagination part.
1: Without Yeah, the imaginary cake fight which just that's fine by me it's a almost a daring take after the Hunger Games to say that these teenage boys could organize themselves and actually create order they say that things were rough at the beginning but they eventually made these rules and they eventually chose roles for everybody in that culture and things are actually humming along it seems like
0: frankly being in the maze doesn't seem that bad it's quite quite a nice atmosphere you know there's rain and sun and lots of green vegetation everywhere (laughs) (laughs) when outside apparently is just like desert
1: yeah actually you might have a point there like we think of them as being awful prisoners but maybe having their minds wiped is is nice too Uh, i mean it's a little implausible that they would know how to do all these things or have all these ideas about how to structure stuff with no memories they don't know who yeah i mean
0: the there's always the, like, what What do you mean when your mind has been wiped, right? They sort of, that's a common, it's like, obviously, they're not starting from scratch. They know how to talk, they know how to walk, and all that kind of stuff. You don't remember any of your own life, but you remember skills, and you remember various things like that.
1: So how did the Gladers see the Grievers before the events of the movie? I mean, they never saw a Griever, right? Or they only saw hideously mangled corpses.
0: Yeah, and I think they sort of maybe saw them, like, far away as they were running or something.
1: Okay, they may have caught glimpses of them.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, people had been stung before. Right. uh, Which clearly means that they would have to have had interactions with the griever.
1: But wait, how would they have an interaction if they only come out at night? I don't know. So they would only, yeah, they only started seeing them in the daytime. So they basically didn't know what a griever was until they... They just sort of heard them maybe right they hear their call and they're skittering around
0: and they also find yeah mangled bodies and they know that anybody who stays in the maze after night never comes back
1: I wonder if there was a guy who was like you know I'll bet our imagination is worse than whatever this is you know then <laughs> comes back he's like oh nope I was wrong
0: <laughs> I was so wrong it was almost exactly the way I imagined it except more legs
1: so anyway that society is very peaceful and it's an interesting aspect of the movie that their lives rely on these rules that that as long as you're not in the maze when the doors close you're okay
0: and they don't they, those aren't rules that have been handed down to them i feel like they're rules that have been figured out um through long suffering right you and know they talk they've got a wall of all the names of all the people who've ever been there with ones crossed out who died
1: yeah about like at least six of them have died probably right
0: Right Well, it's one a month for three years, right?
1: So there's a total of about thirty at the time of the movie.
0: Yeah, something like that.-hmm
1: So the other half of plausibility is why is all this?
0: This is the trickier one.
1: So who are the people who would have made this and to what purpose?
0: The idea we're working with here is that they there's they, they have they have determined that there's something that the, there's this virus that affects people's brains. And that there's something that these kids have that make them resistant to it. I wasn't quite clear whether the thing that they get injected in when they get stung and the virus is the same thing. It seemed to manifest itself in the same way.
1: Yeah, you go lax crazy.
0: You go crazy and you get the black veins all over your face and stuff. Um, but if that's the case, then it do- that doesn't make any sense because clearly Wicked has the antidote for... <laughs> right. Vi- it must be virus.
1: another type of virus that they created, somehow. For to what purpose I don't know.
0: So there's something to do with like they want to subject these kids to the, you know, make this them endure the same conditions as one would endure when they're having this virus. And then monitor their brains so that they can figure out why their brains are different than people who die from the virus. Wait. So is I guess? this?
1: Is that saying that this is like recreating the psychological process of having this virus, like being in the maze? Ooh, as though, that'd be interesting. Yeah, as though like if you're trying to imitate LSD, you'd like literally have the walls melt and have create trails <laughs> behind your hand or something.
0: That actually could. That's a kind of, kind of an interesting idea. They're like people who have the 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 flare virus. They like start raving about not being able to find their way out and they're not being anything. No way to go, and Griever's attacking them. Monsters. they See somebody writing down with notes, you know. All right, how many legs do the monsters have? Eight. Okay. Eight <laughs> how big a mouth? Okay.
1: Right. If, what if it was one specific guy's like complete freakout? There's metal spiders coming after me. That would almost make sense. I mean, the spiders, the only way you could explain the spiders is as something that's trying to be the most terrifying monster possible.
0: Right, because, I mean, there's lots of different ways that they could have done the same job of having something kill people when they stay in the maze overnight, if that was the objective. You know, they could just have
1: turrets or something. Or a trap door that opens. or
0: Yeah. So, yeah, clearly the the Grievers are designed to be something that's sort of nightmare fuel.
1: Yeah, and they are. They've got, like, four rows of teeth. They've got no eyes. They're, they yeah. move in a very frightening way with their mechanical piston legs. And somebody created those.
0: And a whole bunch of them, too.
1: Yeah, I think there's eight of them, one for each segment of the maze. Oh, really? hmm The question is, is this whole thing just one big obstacle to filter out people? Mm. Or are they trying to create specific brain states? And if so, is the experience of growing out with a bunch of other teenage boys and creating society part of it as well?
0: Like, I feel like the filter thing... Is, doesn't quite work because the people who get through the maze aren't necessarily going to be the most proficient or whatever because while Thomas is obviously uh, you know very smart and agile and all that stuff the there are a whole bunch of kids who came with him who are just random kids including you know the little fat kid who's the <laughs> the, the mascot or whatever
1: yeah they come along for the ride.
0: But the, the idea of sort of the hitting specific brain states seems like something that could be interesting.
1: Yeah, Why? but why do they need to be together is a question. Like, why couldn't they put each person through a sort of virtual reality experience? Or It seems like it would be much easier to control mm-hmm. and much easier to evaluate individuals.
0: And, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it in the Hope for the Future thing probably, but in the, in the end, you know, the the woman in charge... Uh, is like more got out than I expected, but
1: eh. yeah, that was That'd a chilling, fine. chilling moment. They're prepared to lose, you know, twenty eight out of thirty kids.
0: I wonder, I wonder if like uh, they, there. What if, what if this is like not the first maze, or not the first time they've run this experiment? Like they tried it without the Grievers, and. They got through really quick because they could just hang out there at night and they mapped it quite quickly. Yeah, maybe they didn't have every, to worry about stuff.
1: every part of it is a different aspect of the was added on gradually. Mm-hmm. Here's a question I had. They never found a camera in three years. No. Inquisitive adolescent boys scouring every inch of this glade. And they never found a sensor in their own bodies either.
0: Right. Yeah, presumably they, they have some sort of... Um, implants in them right
1: yeah because they they seem to have real-time brain scans being sent back to the headquarters so why was it important for them to feel like they weren't being watched you know to feel like it wasn't an experiment
0: except i mean in some ways they sort of knew that they were being watched in the sense that things would happen you know they would get the supplies that they happen to need at any given time or you know uh, they saw they sort of found indirectly that they were being watched just because of how things operated around them, but they never had concrete evidence of it.
1: Oh, well, that's a good point yeah the the supplies hmm
0: maybe that cameras with really long lenses on them
1: <laughs> yeah, they could be mounted on the top of the wall. They never tried to climb the wall um,
0: despite their being covered in ivy.
1: Well, he says that the ivy stops before you get to the top. I actually looked up how fast does ivy grow. Apparently, it's about three feet per year. So that means that it must have been put on there.
0: Right. The ivy is actually part. It didn't just happen. It was deliberately put there.
1: So they created this maze. Like the maze itself is the most extraordinary thing. And it's the
0: maze appears to be much, much more than three years old.
1: Yes, but it it's fake. It, they must have stuck on... The ivy with glue, mm.
0: or you know, specially engineered it to grow fast or something.
1: Yeah, yeah. But so the whole thing is almost like a haunted house ride. All the uh, yeah, all the
0: weathering on the rocks and the and the the big rusted pillars and stuff are all just like faux finishes that somebody went in. <laughs>
1: they looked at different tiles of, held it yeah. up. This is what it should look like. And someone decided that all that was important for the psychological experience of it. It's to create this sense of awe, I guess, and, like, mm-hmm. forbiddingness. And, I mean, did they have to be, like, 400 feet tall? Could they be 200 feet tall and be just as effective? Right. The walls. In the book, apparently, they're all underground. Hmm. They discover that the sky is fake. Sort of like Cabin in the So, so they're...
0: That's interesting, because then even if you could have gotten to the top of the wall, it wouldn't have helped.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it was important that it be this very... And none of it quite matches up with what we know about its purpose of stimulating the brain in certain ways. I mean, that's it's hard to make that connection. I mean, we're not even talking about the flare. We're just taking it as granted.
0: Yeah, I mean, we don't know anything about it, I mean... The entire the all that's revealed in the movie is that it's a thing that happened. Heck, that could be totally lying. We don't know.
1: Right. In the next movie, we might find out more.
0: Considering, yeah, I mean, considering what we know already about the people who created the whole thing, uh, it's entirely possible that they'd be like, oh, yeah, there's a bad virus out there.
1: Yeah, what we've discovered is that they're absolutely ruthless. That they, wicked... Um, and there's a catchphrase, wicked is good. Mm-hmm. Usually when people say that, it makes you wonder, are they good? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Maybe we should have called the company good. That would have saved a lot of time.
1: <laughs> what does wicked stand for? Do you have that? Mm.
0: Uh, I don't. Somebody just runs in and goes, hey, everybody, I just realized that if you just take the initials of our name, it spells Wicked. Oh, oh no, we
1: already stamped it on all of our stuff.
0: We, we stamped it on everything. You don't think people will think that we're wicked, do you? Uh, wait, wait. Well, we better say wicked is good. I have a solution,
1: good. yes. Wicked is good. Remember, wicked is good. Okay, I have it. World in Catastrophe. Killzone Experiment Department. <laughs> hmm. So that, you see, it's quite innocent. Killzone. Wait, did they...
0: Is that actually written somewhere? they like, wait a minute. That was the kill, we were in the kill zone experiment.
1: (laughs) Now, don't let the name fool you. It's not really a zone so much as a (laughs) kind of a maze. But we've learned that they are people who are willing to take teenagers, kidnap them, perform experiments on them, wipe their brains, torture them, and kill them, all for the sake of this cure.
0: Or what they say is for the sake of this cure.
1: Yeah, all we have is their word for it
0: but they can't really explain why doing all that is necessary uh for the cure. Mhm. Or at least they don't they choose not to explain that.
1: Why wouldn't there be volunteers, you know, if the world was uh was really in such dire straits?
0: Maybe yeah, they could maybe they started just like poking people with sticks. This is this is just the uh, the logical progression over time, (laughs) and every once in a while, the uh, all all the uh, the scientists who are running the experiments kind of look at each other and be like, "What are we doing? (laughs) When did? At what point? I went away for like a week because I was sick, and we came back and (laughs) this was all here? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I thought we were still working on like hamsters at this point.
1: Before I went on sabbatical, we were putting on scary ghost masks and jumping out at them.
0: Yeah, you, you guys have moved very
1: fast. <laughs> nice ivy. Scariness. I think we've talked about the Glade Society, that as far as putting a bunch of teenagers together, it's a much better case scenario than, let's say, the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm.
0: If you're not a maze runner, then you're basically just kind of doing hanging out, doing the kind of Robin Caruso-y, you know, tending a little... Uh, a little farm thing or I don't know milking goats I don't know quite <laughs> I feel like there would be probably be a low-level anxiety associated with everything and you know obviously you don't remember you of your your life which is pretty tough
1: yeah there's a certain kind of emptiness and yeah existential nothingness to being just in this maze and not knowing anything of the world before
0: right is this sort of like is this it like are we just going to be
1: here forever although we've established that it might actually be better than being out in the world and mm-hmm. remembering how bad it was. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of drifting. Like, you're dependent on this food coming up. And it gets much scarier when the rules start to change.
0: I mean, We don't really explore that too much in the movie, but obviously for any anyone, people who've been there the longest, it's probably more frightening for... Your routine is very... I mean, you don't know why things are the way they are, but at least they seem to be uh relatable or they seem to be predictable
1: yeah so people really rely on the sense of control that the rules give them
0: and the idea that there are controllers in who put you here in the first place and can arbitrarily there's no particular reason why the doors close every night it's just that's what the controllers said would happen if they decide to change their mind then there's no there's nothing you can do about it you just have to sort of adjust to this new situation
1: right And at some point they decided, let's just let them all attack the kids. Right. Let's just let all the spiders out, Uh, which is, yeah, pretty intense to do that.
0: Yeah, and the idea, or that, you know, even before that happened, you know, in the back of your mind, you have to be always thinking, like, maybe they'll just decide to stop sending food.
1: Right. As we've said, we don't find out much about the outside world, but what we do know, what we can infer, it seems very grim indeed.
0: Right. I mean, clearly, if something like The Maze can exist... If it makes sense. ...then it's got to be pretty bad. I mean, even if Wicked is indeed an evil organization that has decided to torture kids...
1: I think that will be the big twist. Wicked is not
0: good! uh, But even, like, if Wicked is an evil organization who's just dedicated to being nasty and running blood sports for children or something, uh, the fact that... Something as large as the maze can exist indicates that nobody Undetected. is paying attention, <laughs> which means that people have much, much worse problems to deal with.
1: Yeah, and that somehow it seems like a reasonable measure, at least to someone.
0: And we and we see a pretty um, ruined city in the desert thing as they're sort of flying in with the helicopter at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. where uh, obviously things are not doing so well.
1: Yeah, we get to see the maze from the top at the very end as a helicopter away, which is a very cool moment. Mm. And a sign on the side of it that says Site A. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, right, so scariness. That
0: would have so, been, been better if it was said Site B. Good point. <laughs> site A, you don't know. Maybe they were just being optimistic. <laughs> yeah, if this one <laughs> goes well, well. We'll see how it goes, you know. We'll see how it goes, and then maybe we can we can build another one, you know, if the funding comes through. So scariness is if you're, yeah, I guess it's if you're in the maze, not so bad, as long as things don't go weird, which they do.
1: And when four grievers are attacking you, it's quite unreasonably scary.
0: Yes, I would call that, yeah, high in the level of scariness.
1: Pants wedding time.
0: Yeah, it's a brown trousers job.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, all there is on screen is just like scrabbling CGI in your face. It's pretty intense. Yeah, somebody getting right up in
0: there with the green ping-pong ball on a stick.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They're very brave, I have to say, these boys. And they cooperate, and they care for each other.
0: Yeah, it's actually quite positive in that way, that uh, there's remarkably little kind of infighting and stuff until Thomas comes and ruins everything.
1: Yeah, other stories have shown us darker sides of human nature, darker views of human nature. The most we've got is Gali, who's a bit of a jerk and a bit conservative.
0: But again, he did have a whole bunch of his friends killed by horrible monsters. (laughs) So that's gotta be a little bit, you know, concerning for him.
1: Yeah, and he's 16, so, you know, we'll give him a little bit of credit. How would they do? I am Aiden. I'm one of the names on the wall that's been crossed out. In fact, I'm the second Glader. To ever arrive. Month two. Just me and Albi in the glade and both of us have our memories wiped and both of us are completely disoriented. All we know is that we're in this glade and there's a door on one side that opens and closes during the day and we make little expeditions in there but we never spend the night. And in fact, we don't run. We walk. I'm the maze walker. Before there were runners, there was walkers.
0: (laughs) Maze crawler. Maze standing at the corner and look carefully around (laughs) the edge and see what's there.
1: Maze stroller. Yeah. At that point, there was no real reason to think that it was a maze necessarily. I thought at first that I could get out if I just kept walking. And one day the doors closed and I was all alone. And Albie was outside, it was very dark, but there was you could still see the moon. And I started to hear this skittering of spiders. So I ran for my life in utter terror. The spider caught up with me very quickly, stung me. I went through the terrible pain of the change, they call it, the capital C, and losing my mind all by myself and then the spider tore me to pieces and somewhere in a futuristic lab some people watched my brain as this all happened to me and they decided to keep going with the experiment to keep sending more boys into this maze and Albie was left all alone in the glade once more so that's how I would do But yeah if you think about people who died in the maze It's such a, like, ridiculously pointless death. Like, never knowing what it was all about or never having any memory. It's very Yeah,
0: I mean, they they never get the big revelation. It's just they get dropped in this thing for no reason and then die for no reason. Mm Mm-hmm. As far as they know. Okay, your turn. So I'm thinking that I'm, like one of the one of these commandos mm. that's coming into the maze so this is this crazy thing that's been out ha- it's like the world has completely been destroyed the world is and not only has it been destroyed but everyone now that the few survivors are dying from this terrible disease and everybody's frank frantically going around trying to find you know trying to see if there's a cure and things are getting more and more desperate but then you hear about that there's this project going on where they're they're taking children and forcing them to do this you know insane maze thing with the idea that maybe this will help and there's a certain point where it's got to be like okay we have to shut this thing down or or like that this was not a good idea <laughs> even if this does get the cure it may be not worth it the scientists down who are working on the project, you know, may not be directly culpable themselves. But at this point, the entire project is so completely messed up that you have to do this scorched earth mentality. So we're going in and we're just going to be killing all of these people.
1: Yeah, like what justified shooting all these scientists dead on site? You know, do they fight back? It seems like not.
0: No, because they're probably scientists and not expecting a whole
1: bunch of commandos to come in and kill everyone. So they had orders to kill all of these scientists.
0: Yeah, they're basically like, not only are you killing all these scientists, but it's possible the reason why you're killing all these scientists is the idea that humanity or the government or whoever was did this project went this far at some point
1: must be covered up.
0: It has to be covered up. So we have to kill anybody who was there.
1: And disguise the maze somehow.
0: And disguise the maze. Yeah, but get a, get somebody to do a large painting of a forest and we'll just drape it over top (laughs) of the whole thing. And you see that that there's like a half a dozen kids or a dozen kids that are getting out, that have escaped. And it's like, oh, thank goodness. You know, we go in and pick them up in the helicopter, these incredibly traumatized kids, go in and pick them up in the helicopter and realize that they've lost their memories completely and they don't know what's going on. And so you try to explain to them how the world has been destroyed and what is happening Uh, and that they were part of some crazy experiment, Uh, and you're flying away in the helicopter. And then, of course, we find out, I mean, this will go into the hope for the future part, but then we find out that maybe that whole process was actually part of the plan in the first place.
1: And that they might be patsies, too.
0: They didn't actually know that they were supposed to be part of the process. That discovering the maze's existence was all part of the plan, and that was actually, you know, ceded to the proper people. So that the traumaticness of escaping from the maze and then finding everybody dead was all just part of the actual plan they wanted to do.
1: That's an interesting suggestion, yeah.
0: And that the person that, you know, you thought was in charge of the whole thing, that committed suicide right as you came in, is not dead at all. She was faking it. So uh, the idea that this conspiracy or whatever it is, this test might go much deeper than just testing you know just than just these kids there's maybe a bunch of adults who are not actually in on it but are if not actually being tested themselves but are sort of unknowing patsies in the whole testing process
1: wow and that wicked is pulling the strings even though in your vision the army people are not actually secretly wicked people no they're they're act the real army people yeah so imagine that moment. Imagine if you just heard that there's a facility where they're torturing these kids. Then mm-hmm. you fly over with a helicopter.
0: There's a giant maze.
1: What the hell?
0: Yeah, and you're like, I mean, obviously it's giant, but it's, you know, the world has been a lot destroyed and lines of communication are messed up. And so, I mean, if you lived in a different area, you might not even, you might not know that it existed but you'll be like what the hell this has been
1: here this whole time well i assume that it's secret it's not like oh yeah if you want to get on the interstate just take a left at the maze
0: right and but the idea that something like that can't exist indicates how messed up i mean we talked about this before but that indicates how messed up the world is that something like that can exist yeah, that the
1: google vans have not been by lately
0: right right and even if especially if it's the military then it's you know it's satellites and stuff aren't either aren't working or aren't being looked at.
1: Yeah, because it's quite easy to pick out on a satellite. Yeah. It's the one that looks like the back of those books you used to get for car rides.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, no, no, that's that's pretty
0: common. That's just a, a satellite uh, uh, echo. Yeah. <laughs> that's Yeah, it's just a glitch. Uh, ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do like the idea that there's like a Google van that's just been driving around the maze for a really long time. <laughs> Whoa! It's been like, one Spiders. day we will map this all and it'll be on Street View. <laughs> Gotta map it all. And there's the thing like, you know, when, you, when you're when you in Street View and you are you can move along the road, and so there'd be one where there's like a griever beside the road, and then the sort next one the smeared. griever's gone, but it's moved into a different spot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> then it's just coming at the camera in the next step. Yeah. for the future. Well, uh, I guess hope for the future, it
0: depends on whether you're one of the kids or whether you're one of the other people. From the ending of the movie, so I guess we should be stopped, so the ending of the movie is basically all these commandos that killed everybody, all the scientists, come in, grab the kids and load them into a helicopter and they fly away and they're like, you're safe now, kids. Uh, And then there's a stinger of the the main scientist who supposedly killed herself going, yep, that all went according to plan. Let's see what happens in phase two.
1: Coming, September yeah. 2015.
0: <laughs> so if you're one of the scientists working on the project, the hope for the future is pretty solid. You're like, excellent. Project is moving forward like we hoped.
1: Less children Everything slaughtered. is going well. The more kids survived than we thought they would too. So yeah, I'm very hopeful. Basically eight children out of like 36 that they sent in there. Yeah. If you're one of the kids, it's very, very bad. You think you're safe,
0: but in fact, you're about to endure some other tri- trial that's as difficult, if not more difficult, than what you just escaped from barely. Maybe some sort of a scorched trial. Indeed. Some sort of scorched trial. That's the name of the next
1: book. So, So you're saying that they don't get like a bunch of counseling and get to just hang out?
0: Probably not. I have no knowledge of the next, uh, the next book or movie or whatever, but I would lay 50-50 odds on the helicopter that they're in at the end of this movie
1: being shot down at the
0: beginning of the next movie. <laughs>
1: you played a lot of video games.
0: That's actually an interesting thing. When I was watching the game, I, I, that was what I was thinking about most, was that it's like, this would be actually a really great video game.
1: Like How many video games start with the protagonist having amnesia?
0: What's great is then you get to the end part, or that you escape from the maze, or whatever, and everybody's dead in the laboratory and stuff, which is a very video gamey thing, because it's great because then you don't have to animate a whole bunch of extra people, and then you could like you know, look at note, notes that the people have left. You know, but day five, the kid was very scared today. Good job <laughs> all around.
1: Right, listen to the audio diaries.
0: Yeah, day three. Today we
1: ah. <laughs> today we watched several kids get eaten by giant spiders hmm. Must oil spider legs.
0: You're full of surprises, aren't you? You don't have to come with us, but we are leaving. Anyone else who wants to come, that's your last chance. Don't listen to him, he's just trying to scare you. No, All I'm right? not trying to scare you. You're already scared. All right, I'm scared.
1: But I'd rather risk my life out there than spending the rest of it in here. We don't belong here. This place is in our home. We were put here. We were trapped here. At least
0: out there, we have a choice. We can make it out of here.
1: I know that. So that was Maze Runner, as covered by Fight the Future with Dan and Paul.
0: Yeah, and we will be coming in again uh, for the sequel to Maze Runner. Uh, which is called the scorching test or something? Scorch trials. The scorch trials. The very, very warm test. I'm expecting it to be some sort of multiple choice with the temperature in the room turned up very high.
1: Like a Scantron, and they're like, "Oh my God!" Yeah, it's scorching. Did you here. bring
0: your 2B pencil? That'll Whoa. be the tagline.
1: <laughs> Make sure to bring your 2B. Oh God, this is just the book he wrote. We really don't have anything else to base it on. <laughs> We're screwed.
0: So thank you very much for listening. And next time, we are going to be doing another book. Uh, we have Little Brother by Corey Doctorow. A reminder that this podcast, um, as with everything on Loading Ready Run, is supported by our Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun. Our theme song is by Bradley Rains, and the interstitial segments are by Chiara Kant. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support us, please subscribe, rate, or review it on iTunes, uh, or you can give us some
1: feedback on our forum at loadingreadyrun.com slash forum.
0: Thank you very much for listening.
1: Yeah, thanks for listening, and thanks, Paul. Thank you, Dan. (laughs) And may the odds rise up in your favor and the wind be at your back always keep going keep you're so close i think you can get it always hope for the future when we're doing our thing and we're riding that ring and we're jumping and we're diving and we're grooving and we're dancing yeah
0: that's very close to what it actually to to the real line i know sarcasm i think i think one of these days you'll be able to get it
1: one of these days bye-bye bye (laughs) Perfect.